Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bulls Beat Podcast Show, the Chicago Bulls Podcast. Welcome back to the Bulls Beat Bulls fans. Doug Tonis here with you discussing our Chicago Bulls. And as it turns out, I'm going to be a liar. <laughs> I still didn't come up with any new uh, individual guys the Bulls should sign. But I did have a list of other topics I wanted to go over. And trying to get a three-way podcast with our buddies C. Red Fred and uh, Mark K. from Australia. And uh, we've not been able to get the timing down. So hopefully we'll get that soon, but not just yet. So first topic I was going to go through is the weird ways that people have pinned Arturis Karnaschovas as trying to act like he's still running the Denver Nuggets. Bulls going with continuity, trying to get there. Denver had continuity for seven years of uh, the Joker and Murray before now looking like they'll finally win the title. Yeah, I'm recording now Sunday Late afternoon, so, you know, game five tomorrow. I uh, picked the Nuggets in five. have no reason to think anything otherwise will happen now. Uh, looks like the Heat's magic just kind of uh, ran out on them. But, yeah. So people said, like, yeah, continuity. Look at Denver. Yeah, I mean, if you have continuity around a guy you just drafted who's, like, 19, you know, and a center who's on his first or second year and is, like, 21 – it makes sense to give those guys some time when they start looking like star players. Uh, the Bulls aren't really in that boat of having a 20 and 21 year old that look like star players that they want to give seven years to. But if they did, sure, that'd be fantastic. I'd love that. I'd love that. So, uh, yeah, continuity. Second way we're like Denver, of course, is we uh, had to go get uh, Nikola Vucevic, just like the Joker. And then we had to draft Marco, the center in the second round. Just really trying to recreate that Denver magic in all kinds of ways possible. I don't think that that's really, really true, but it's just, uh, it's funny some of the stories that have uh, just come out around that. Anyway, uh, enough giving our tourists a hard time. I'm not going not gonna to rail on him anymore uh, today. So uh, we heard Andre Drummond is opting in. It's maybe like three, four days old, this news now. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. said he was going to opt in maybe a month back. Uh, that he planned to opt in. So both those guys look like they're going to be there. Uh, their contracts are both for $3.3 million. The vet minimum is $2 million. So, you know, these guys opting in cost us $2.6 million over the veteran minimum. Uh, you know, assuming we sign vets that are two years or longer tenured in the league. Uh, I'm happy with both of these guys opting in, really. Yeah, I mean, I, we don't have another center on the roster. I don't know that you're going to do better than Drummond at 3.3 million. You know, if you go to the market, some people may be a little upset that, you know, you're kind of losing a little bit around the margins. And when you look at how close the bulls are to whether they can use the mid-level exception or not, uh, you could say that this, this 2.6 million is, is, is really money that could be added on to another player. We'll get to that in a moment, but I'm, I'm kind of happy with these guys coming back. The only thing that bothers me about this is it's kind of like you're still stuck with the fit of this team. You now effectively have eight guys under contract right now. So it's DeMar, Lonzo, Zach, Caruso, Patrick Williams, Dalen Terry, Andre Drummond, Derek Jones Jr. If you follow the rumors and we bring back Nikola Vucevic and Kobe White and even potentially Ayo Desumu, 
you're now 11 guys <laughs> the same as last year. Uh, I expect Marco Simonovic to be gone. I expect Tony Bradley to be gone. I wouldn't hate it if they brought back Javante Green under normal circumstances, but I think at this point you got to do something else with the roster spot if you bring back Io. And I think you might even make the case you want to get rid of Io for the roster spot too. Uh, that's that's kind of the tricky thing there. Now, if you if you let Vooch go and you let Kobe White go and you got other roster spots, maybe that is a little different. But you just can't have so many defensive-oriented hustle players. You got Alex Crusoe in that role. You got Dalen Terry in that role. You got Derek Jones Jr. in that role. You know, Andre Drummond is another guy who's not going to shoot. I uh, just don't think you can you can do that. Like, who can shoot on this roster at this point? Patrick Williams uh, with a slow release, not a volume shooter. Kobe White and Zach Levine in volume, though Kobe not incredibly accurately. And then Vooch in, like, mid-volume, but also not incredibly accurately. You know, it's like you don't even have five shooters you could put on the floor if you wanted everyone to shoot. You don't even have five on the roster. And, you know, of the four that you do have, really only Zach Levine is is a truly elite shooter. So it's just not good enough. So you, you, you need to bring in some shooting with some of these end roster spots. And I don't think you can afford to have another hustle guy like Javante Green on there. When you drafted Dalen Terry, I think to me that that was the nail in the Javante Green coffin, so to speak. And when Derek Jones Jr. opted in. If Jones Jr. opted out, you could bring back Green on the minimum, and I think it would be okay. I like Derek Jones Jr. more than Javante Green. I thought Green was okay too, but I like Derek Jones Jr. more. So – Hopefully, we actually play these guys. I think the, the biggest problem I have with those guys is just Donovan didn't play them. I, I mean, I thought Drummond was – he did, like, a lot of dumb Drummond things sometimes. But overall, I thought his impact was pretty positive when he was on the floor. And same with Derek Jones Jr. I really liked Derek, Derek Jones Jr. when he was on the floor most of the time. Anyway, looking into the Bulls cap situation, I think you've probably now heard the term bird rights trap. This is the first year I've heard that that I can remember. I mean, it's like a thing I've talked about before, but I've never used that phrase before. I believe it was coined by John Hollinger. And so now it's just like everywhere. Everyone is talking about the Bulls, uh, the bird rights trap and talking about Nikola Vucevic. And I don't think that there really is a bird rights trap. And I, I was one of the first people to kind of point this out, that there is that if you want to win as many games as possible, probably this year, you, you got to sign Vooch and Kobe because you're not going to be able to replace him. And I'm not sure that's true. So I'm going to break down these numbers for you. So I named eight guys earlier. Their total salary was $118.5 million. The luxury tax sits at $162 million, at least is supposed to estimated right now, most current estimate. Uh, so for you doing quick math at home, that's $43.5 million in room underneath the luxury tax we have to fill in a minimum of six players. You have to be at 14. If we're only at 14, we're going to lose one two-way spot. They opened up three two-way spots, but you have to be at 15 to get to use all three. Otherwise, you lose one. So I don't know that that's a big deal if we only were able to have two two-way contracts, if we were able to do something exciting by staying at 14 players on the roster and, and ducking the luxury tax, which I, I just expect we would do. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, but... I don't think that would be a huge incentive for us uh, to have the other two-way contract. The vet minimum this year is going to be $1.99 million, so basically $2 million. 
So $2 million. All right, so let's say we have three vet min guys. That gives us $6 million. So now we're at $37.5 million left for three roster spots. If one goes to Vooch and one goes to Kobe and one goes to the mid-level exception, however much of it we use, that would all have to fit in under $37.5 million. And so the numbers had been floating around on these guys. $20 million for Vooch, $15 million for Kobe. That's $35 million. And what does that quick math give us on room left for the mid-level exception? $2.5 million, which is the veteran minimum, basically, right? Like it's $2 million, except anyone actually getting the veteran minimum who has been a vet for more than a certain number of years, I don't know how quickly it ramps up, but probably by like five years, is actually making more than $2.5 million anyway because they're getting reimbursed by the league and it only counts as $2 million against the cap and the Bulls only pay $2 million of it but they actually get more than that. So uh, the 2.5 million basically might, might as well be 2 million for all intents and purposes. And effectively you can only use the minimum minimum if Vooch is at 20 million and Kobe is at 15 million. So effectively when looking at the bird rights trap with this, you can't use the mid-level exception anyway, unless one of those guys goes away. So while you do a little bit have a bird rights trap here, if you feel you can get, a similar player that better fits your team for the mid-level exception as one of these guys, and you use your mid-level exception instead, effectively, you're just going to replace one of these guys with the mid-level exception, and then you're okay. And then the Bulls would have enough room after that to use the biannual exception as well if they wanted to and still stay under the luxury tax. So they get someone a little bit better than the vet minimum for that last spot. Not a whole lot better, but a little bit better. So... Uh, you know, whether that changes anything in the math around these guys, who knows? I think probably for the Bulls direction, it won't. I don't know that you could go out and get anyone better than them. I kind of feel like Gabe Vincent has played himself above the mid-level exception at this point with his playoff run. There's other point guards, but I'm not sure any of them I would trust more than Kobe White. I'm not really sure what the center market looks like, but I doubt it's so exciting that you're going to be just incredibly amped up to use the middle of the exception on a center to replace Vooch with. But it'd be fine if you did. I think it'd be fine if you did. Uh, so one thing that then to go with this information, John Hollinger, he put out an article recently, the same John Hollinger coining the bird rights trap. I guess, you know, guys I read now uh, called the board's value. And so B O R D dollar sign. And it just discusses how much a player is worth. And so he came up with a formula because he's John Hollinger and he loves formulas. And the formula, I tried to like look back into it. So like every year you have to look back to the previous year, like in his article, he links to the thing. So go, going back to 2020, it looked like it was using something called PIPM, which is similar to uh, RAPM, which is more or less a regressed uh, plus minus stat that tries to remove like lucky shooting and the PIPM stat is no longer available because the guy who created it got hired by an NBA team. And so Hollinger said he changed the formula slightly. So I assume it's kind of based by uh Rapim. And then he said it was also using Raptor and it was using PER. So using those three combinations to try and estimate how many wins a player adds when he's on the court, he ranked the top 25 players by this formula and how much money, the formula suggests that they should get paid. Kobe White comes at 18 million, 
on this formula. And I would say generally the prices on it seem like they're a little overvalued to me. But at the same time, free agency always ends up paying guys more than you think they're worth. So maybe that's not so crazy. But Kobe White came in at $18 million, And Vooch was not even on the list. Was not in the top 25. And uh, I kind of started looking into it. And that's because he is just god-awful in all of the plus-minus uh, impact stats that people have been like ripping on Zach Levine for being bad in. Like, Vooch is just just awful. I, I want to say when I was looking up uh, Raptor, he was like 196 out of like 250 players from whatever the default minute range was. You know, so it's like out of the guys who are actually playing a good amount of minutes a night, he was in the bottom 20% of the league. So not great. Not great. Uh, so anyway, we'll see what that means for Vooch. It seems like we are going to try to move forward anyway with him. But it really shows me this is not necessarily a guy you want to bring back. I get that it's going to be hard to replace his production. He did a lot of things in the last year that I would not expect to be repeatable in terms of how well he was shooting mid-rangers. It's one of the most efficient years of his career. I'm just not holding out hope. I'm really not. So I've said it before, sign and trade him, mid-level exception him, or let him walk. Those are my three choices for you, Vooch. Three years at the mid-level exception, not even a full four. Three at the mid-level exception, sign and trade somewhere if you need our help. You can get more money somewhere else. Happy to help you out if we get something back. Or, you know, just, just take your chances. Just go take someone else's mid-level exception money. See if Orlando wants to pay you to come back there. I don't know. Whatever you got to do. Like, you just don't want to get saddled with another bad contract. The sunk cost mentality that I feel like our GMs have sometimes is a little unnerving. Now, we'll see what happens. You know, to me, if you bring Vooch back... That's really an indicator that you're falling for sunk cost mentality. But we'll see what they do. I was thinking about a Zach Levine trade, you know, and, and whatever. We talked about trading all these guys, you know, on the show and on Twitter and everywhere else. And I got into an interesting discussion with someone who said the multi-pick for a player trade is just done. Just teams aren't going to do that anymore. They've all learned their lesson. I, th I think this is, I argued the point a little bit, but I, think, I do think it is a possibility that that's true. Like, so I'm not saying that that can't be true. It definitely could be true. My counter response is like, there's been one every year for like, since the first one happened, you know, like with, um, who was the first one? Now that I think about it, trying to go back in time. Anthony Davis was, was like the first kind of big one that started this, this thing off again. Um, if you go way back to Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, in the Wayback Machine, that was the first one, maybe. But since Anthony Davis got traded, there's just been one like every year. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, let's have one year where such a trade doesn't happen before we just say it's not going to happen. Like, that seems fair, right? Like, we should at least have one year where it's not true before we say it's dead. Reasonable enough. So I wanted to look back at these trades. And I was trying to think like, well, you know, would teams still consider this? So looking back, did these trades work? So Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Yeah, of course it worked. Look, I mean, the Lakers were in the conference finals this year. They won a ring already. Yeah, and whatever. They gave up some picks. Like, I, are the Lakers going to give up their title to get these picks back? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like, just, they're not. And that, so that was, it was uh, two first-rounders, two swaps. Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, 
Brandon Ingram, Isaac Banga, Jamario Jones, Moritz Wagner, and Cash. And their first uh, rights to their first round pick of DeAndre Hunter, an unprotected 2022 first rounder, their 2022 second rounder, the swap in 23, either a 24 or 25 at the Pelicans' discretion. So that's what that's what they got out of this. And so you know what, like, there's really just one more pick left out of these going. And you know, I wouldn't say the Lakers are hurt by this trade, and they won a title. Absolutely worked, right? Uh, the next one was uh, Drew Holiday, not quite a, like a star, but. Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, the right star, Jay Hampton. Swap of uh, 24 first-round picks, if desired, uh, which I don't believe that was desired. Their 2025 pick, rights to swap 2026 picks. We'll see if that is desired. And their 2027 picks. Um, I mean, again, Bucks won a title. Regardless of what happens, worth it, right? Just, just doesn't matter. May end up working out just fine for the Pelicans, too. I'm not saying it won't. But definitely worked out fine for the Bucks. Um, now we have a lot of disasters, like absolute disasters. And these are like some of the worst trades like in league history. So James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. Jarrett Allen, Karis Levert, some role players. Uh, 2022, 2021 first. The, 20, or sorry, the right to swap 2021, the 2022. Right to swap 23, the 24. Swap on 25, the 26. And the right to swap on 27. And Brooklyn now doesn't look like it's got such a great future and is basically out of control of good picks until 2027. Now, granted, Houston also doesn't have a lot going on right now, so those swaps might actually not be too valuable. But still, it's a lot to give up, and James Harden, basically the whole thing like flopped badly, and they pivoted out of him nearly immediately. Rudy Gobert, basically four first and, uh, to go to... The Timberwolves, that looks like an absolute disaster uh, already. And there's another swap thrown in there, too. So four firsts in a swap. Oof. Oof. Uh, you know, not, not good at all. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, I don't think we need to go over that one. That was an absolute disaster. I don't know if I'm ready to call this absolute disaster yet, but DeJounte Murray to the Hawks. For the 2023 uh, first, the 25 first, right to swap a 26 and the 27 first. The Hawks don't look any good. Like, those are firsts that could easily get swapped with uh, Wembenyama going to the Spurs now. Like, <laughs> they could just get destroyed in that trade. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But, like, that doesn't look like a great deal to me. Maybe not as bad as the Vooch one for them, but pretty close. That's an awful trade. Russell Westbrook to Houston. <laughs> you got Chris Paul back, who ends up just being better than Russell Westbrook straight up. The right to swap 21s, the 24, top four protected, right to swap on 25, and the 26, top four protected. Two firsts and a better player for Russell Westbrook. We then had to give away assets to, to get out of later, I think. Or did, did they get one? Maybe they got assets. Maybe they got one pick back from the Wizards. I can't remember if they had to send the pick with him to get him out or if they got one back and it was maybe it's just the wizards that had to send one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Terrible, terrible trade. Uh, Pierce Garnett way back in the day to the Nets. I believe those first round picks ended up being, was it, was it Tatum and Brown? Were those the two picks? I think it might've been Tatum and Brown were those were the two Nets picks. So that was an absolute disaster set up the Celtics for like, you know, 
five conference finals runs so far, <laughs> so far. And then that's got nothing out of it. So you got like a lot of disasters. And like two times I named it worked. And even one of those times, it may have worked for the other team just fine too, like the Pelicans. Really, even both of those may work just kind of fine for the Pelicans. And then we've got one, two, three, four, five, six disasters. And now I've got a couple neutrals. Paul George going to the Clippers. I wouldn't say it's like worked out great for the Clippers, but because Kawhi is like wrapped up into this deal, I just, I just feel like, you know, it's okay for them. Like you, you knew you were kind of getting both players by making this trade and you needed to do this to get Kawhi and they've not been able to stay healthy at the same time. So that's a bummer, but um, yeah. So um, I think that's, that's kind of a neutral one for me. Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They gave up a lot. They had a really nice regular season. They still have like what feels like a pretty good cast, but it's going to be hard to add on to it. But, you know, Larry Markkinen did really well in Utah. You know, Colin Sexton still seems pretty solid. And we'll see what happens with these picks over time and whether Donovan Mitchell actually ends up doing something in Cleveland or not. Uh, I'm going to call that one a neutral now, but like after not making it out of the first round, you can't feel super excited about it, right? If you're the Cavaliers, like you kind of thought you'd get out of the first round. Um, and you couldn't get past the Knicks. So we'll see what happens. So going back to the state of this thing, when you start looking at the anatomy of these trades, like, wow, that really doesn't seem like it bodes well for any of these other teams. And so if you can trade any of these Bulls players, including Zach Levine, to get such an offer, kind of feels like to me that you should just do it. You know, like, like you could be on the other side of a trade where you just rip everyone off. It just seems like that's the, the deal to do. Now, the, the one I mentioned before is Orlando. You could make, if you could get number six and number 11 for Zach Levine and like, you know, role players and maybe one more future pick. Like, yeah, that seems pretty good. You know, Oklahoma City has more picks and prospects than they could possibly use. I think, you know, they would maybe be willing to make some kind of trade and just throw you a boatload of picks, even though a lot of them probably won't end up being really good. So there are, there are targets out there, you know, and, and, you know, OKC is probably not a team that's going to attract talent. And then you look at Orlando and it's like, yeah, okay, you, you have a lot of young talent now, but do you want to keep rolling the dice on young talent or do you want to get like at least one proven guy in there? So I could, I could see those guys doing stuff. So we'll see. Anyway, I thought it was just inter interesting to look back at it. So recap today, don't bring back Vooch. Just don't do it. Not unless it's at the mid-level exception or lower. Acme still wants to be the Denver Nuggets. And with this year, who could blame him? DJJ and Drummond opting in. Yeah, not bad. Bulls, bird rights trap. Not as big a trap as you think. You can get out of it if you want to. Mid-level exception can be used to replace other guy. You're not going to be able to use it otherwise anyway. So... Eh, not, not as big a deal as maybe it, it seemed like it might have been earlier. That'll do it for this edition of the Bulls Beat. I will hopefully talk to you guys with Fred and Mark next episode. We'll see if we can ever get our stuff together and get a, get a show scheduled.